This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. This program is intended for mature audiences only. Welcome to Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra, bringing you the soul of sex. I'm your host, Francesca Gentile, and with me today is Master Rose Love. Rose is an inventor of the human pod, which I am sure she'll be telling us more about, and also has a wellness center in Charlotte, North Carolina called Beyond Medicine. She's an avid tantric practitioner of the harmonization of the masculine and the feminine within, and I am delighted to have her join us today. Welcome, Rose. Thank you. Now, Rose, you have this incredible, uh, complex uh, background. It's, it's kind of a leap, a background of leaps. They sometimes call it quantum leaps, where you were originally in you know, an electrical and computer engineer, uh, getting that, you know, studying both simultaneously and finishing in three years. And, and then your life just completely shifted. And, and you're from Atlanta. I mean, could you share just a little bit of that journey? And then how does that lead to being the, the tantric practitioner who harmonizes the masculine and feminine within? Sure. <laughs> uh, well, um, I grew up on a small farm in Georgia, a place that's still probably not even hardly on the map, Dublin, Georgia. I um, was an evangelical Southern Baptist, and, and I began my path just simply believing in God. And somewhere along the lines, I you know, made the choice to become an engineer. And when I was in engineering school, I, I ran into some really troubling information. It was the first time I really felt a connection to what we will call the inner knowing. And um, I asked one of my professors about whether he thought that power lines and, and power transmission affected people's health. And he made me do a whole bunch of research. He said that, you know, I should know better as a graduate student and that uh, he waited for me to bring the results. And all the industry results said... You know, power lines were perfectly safe to be around people, and I felt really troubled from having done that research because I felt like um, that the research was really guided and paid for by, you know, um, corporations that had a specific intention to, to prove something, to prove that it was safe for people, but it wasn't focused on how to, what's in the highest and greatest good for um, our communities. And so I left graduate school, and I went on a journey. Um, the journey kind of began with my own healing of myself from uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from the Gulf War. And um, in that journey, I studied in uh, Thailand, Nepal, and India. I studied with different uh, Buddhist monks and uh, Theravada Buddhist monks in Thailand and Tibetan Buddhist monks in Nepal, and then um, some yogis and Zen Buddhist monks in, while I was in India. And um, through this process of studying, I, I learned that I learned how to heal with my hands. And I had, I remember one night just asking, asking just in a candid moment of prayer, 
if I could learn the way that Christ used to heal the sick. And it came from such a humble place, and I, I really didn't know what it was that I was asking for. I just knew that there was something more that I could give to my community than just being an engineer and, you know, making it possible for people to have power and this machine of making money through the pharmaceutical industry. So um, I studied... You know, I'm, I'm wondering, as you're, as you're saying this, Rose, you know, that it, it sounds so useful, you know, in a way. It's like, oh, I was, you know... Uh, uh, healing myself from post-traumatic stress disorder and I, you know, my inner knowing had led me to discover and find out that uh, the electromagnetic fields of, of power companies were actually bringing cancer to people and yet the dominant culture, you know, everybody else is, is denying this and yet here you are a girl from a farm in, in Atlanta, you know, in uh, Georgia was it, cha- I mean, was it challenging or easeful to start to, to be in this questioning process? And to even be on this journey, I mean, how did you, how did you allow yourself to shift? <laughs> okay, yeah, I make it now. I can reflect on it and say, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it feels good. It was very difficult. It was very difficult. It, it challenged everything that I was taught when I grew up on the farm. I grew up evangelical Southern Baptist, and I mean, it challenged everything at the core of all of my beliefs. Um, it was not an easy thing. I mean, I, I was literally in India. I was telling you this before we went talk. I was in India for 30 days experiencing miracles happen every hour on the day for 30 whole days before I would really just admit to myself that I was not in Kansas anymore, that there was, there was just things beyond what I had learned, beyond what I knew was possible. It took me 30 days to try and to even be willing to put aside the mind of the engineer. The mind of the engineer is very analytical. Everything can be calculated and proven. And if I can't calculate how a miracle can be done, it is not possible. It's impossible. So um, <laughs> it, it sounds like it was the point where it was where it was irrefutable. Do you know what I mean? Where the scientist in you, the analytical part in you, had to believe the the proof of your own experience. Is that what I'm hearing? I would say that's true. I think that I kept I kept being brought to those points of of it being unrefutable throughout my journey. Like I was in Thailand for forty days, and it, the first experience was was with owning my body. And you know, I didn't think I could sit and be in vipassana meditation and sit down and be quiet for ten days. Every time I had a I had like a breakdown where I just wanted to walk out of this place and just go talk and feel stupid to be quiet, you know? What was I supposed to hear? All I kept hearing was my thoughts, you know, and my thoughts were not happy. My thoughts were about my mom and my family and all these different things. I mean, I think that the entire journey was bringing me to successive points, and then from that point where I would have this breakdown that would result, I mean, I would have a breakdown, an emotional breakdown, where I wanted to just leave this place and stop being quiet, and then there was, like, grace, there was something that made it easy. I was always gifted with a different insight, you know. So on the other side of every single breakdown was a breakthrough. And I hate to use that word breakthrough, right? I want to say there was a, a huge change on the other side of letting go of every belief that I clung to, that I believed was a core belief, on the other side of just accepting that it could be possible that there was more. I was always given more. I mean... You would you would think that after I was in I was in Nepal and meditating in the cave where um, 
Padmasambhava meditated, uh, and he's the bringer of Buddhism from India into Tibet for safekeeping. You would think that when I was sitting in the cave and I was meditating, and if all of the planes of the Royal Nepal Airlines was broken, because I made this promise to, to spirit, to God, that I would go back and meditate in this cave, I mean, I, in my logical mind, I think that that would be a point of, like, okay, it's irrefutable. I am really being led by God through all of this. I'm, I'm truly being led by God, and at the same time, I accepted it only to a certain extent. And then I went to India, and it took 30 days of successive miracles, 30 days of miracles, back to back to back for me, for my analogical mind, my, my intellectual mind, to actually accept that life is a miracle, God is a miracle, and miracles are happening around me every day. I love this. Um, I love this Shakti pop, this energy exchange of of being able to hear someone who has been through this. Because I think many of us listening to the show aspire to opening more fully to spirit and being led to to find the miracles and listen to the miracles and. And connect more fully in relationship with ourselves, the divine in our world. And I want to talk more about that and how this led you to that inner divine masculine feminine within when we come back from a break and a word from our fabulous sponsors. And we'll be we'll be right back with more of Master Rose Love and after our sponsors. Imagine if you could become a way better lover in her eyes. Women, do you want deeper intimacy? And orgasms far more intense, prolonged, and vivid than anything you've ever experienced? Expand Her Orgasm Tonight is an instantly downloadable, easy-to-learn 21-day training system for partners. Let Dr. Patty teach you the art of expanded orgasm. The genital massage techniques coupled with mind and heart opening practices will give you both full-body, full-being, orgasmic experiences. Then wait and see what happens. Curious? Want to expand her orgasm tonight? Oh, yeah. And it's totally free to find out more. Get the three free pleasure guides plus the free orgasmic techniques mini course. And when you're ready, get $100 off the original cost with promo code SAVE at expandherorgasmtonight.com. Welcome back to Sex Tantra and Kama Sutra, bringing you the soul of sex. We're talking with Master Rose Love, inventor of a, a wonderful system to harmonize energy and a wellness center in Charlotte, North Carolina called Beyond Medicine and a tantric practitioner of harmonizing masculine and feminine within. An amazing story of your life, Rose, that I think it can be possible in, in its own way for each of us. Uh, and how did this lead you to this um, deeper connection with the masculine and feminine within, and why is that even important? Hmm. Well, why is it even important? Well, there is the act of being still. Be still and know that I am God. I know I've been. I know it's in the Bible. It's been said to me in church over and over again. Um, I call that the feminine, that being still and allowing yourself to receive. And yet, to manifest, actions are also essential. And the harmony of, of masculine and feminine 
is this divine dance of uh, being led by intuition, being led by your connection with God to create actions and create manifestations. I mean, my invention is a a, a beautiful example of that uh, of that dance. And at times when I feel like um, emotionally like I'm endowed or I don't know what step to take, I sit and I I I am just allow myself to open and and it's it's just an internal practice of saying. You know, that, that mindset that we have when we go to church and we say, okay, in this moment in time, I am open to hearing what God has to say for me and my life. Um, and I, 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 I somehow was able to put that together. Like, oh, when I'm at church, I'm listening to my heart. My heart is speaking. So when the minister has something to say, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what was on my heart today. I I needed this vehicle of meditation to take me into the place where I was able to do that with myself and then go on my every day from that place into um, what kind of relationship I have with money, what is my next step with my career, um, what is my next step with this invention. So I think that that's why it's most important because logic and reason would have me sometimes to create the same things as when I connect with the divine and open myself then some miraculous results really are made available to me and that's so radical in our culture i think we have this culture of uh, i remember my brother would say to me i think my mom too is when you wake up get up when you get up do something and you know this sense of you have to be in action you know uh what is it idleness uh, idle hands are the devil's playground and and so when we say take time for stillness, take time to uh, to tune inside and listen to that voice of intuition, it can almost feel selfish, it can feel radical, but what I hear you saying is that out of that comes this, uh, what they say in Buddhism, that right action, that sense mm-hmm. of where am I being led by spirit. And is, are you saying that the, kind of the stillness and the intuition is the feminine and the action and the manifestation is the masculine? Or is it something else? No, I, I, that is exactly what I'm saying. You know, we can have a lot of great ideas, and we need the actions that go along with those ideas to actually materialize that thing. And I can't tell you the number of, of um, geniuses that I've met that have amazing ideas that they just share with me. And if people are connected with their intuition and they're receiving communication, but they're not following up with divine right action, if they're just sitting and waiting for um, someone to come and bring them the money that they need to invent some little, you know, you know, do that. I mean, I, what's a good example of that? It's like that clap on, <laughs> the clap on light. I met someone who had that idea in their intuition. They like received it in a dream state and they never went and actually followed through with creating that idea. And I met them in Charlotte, and they were telling me, and they said, you know, when I saw that commercial for that crap online, I thought, oh, I remember having that dream. I could have invented that. So it's really important to um, acknowledge the role that your masculine plays, or the, the, the male within you plays in creating your reality. And it's my sense that for many of us, uh, many women and, and some men, 
that that relationship between their intuition, you know, some people are very good at making things happen. You know, they're kind of out in the world making things happen, but they're not in touch with their intuition. And Mm -hmm. some people, male or female, are very in touch with their intuition, as you said, but yet they're not that following through into action. And when I uh, talk with people or coach them, it's my sense that there's often a shame somewhere in there, a sense of that creative self or that the connecting link between uh, intuition um, and action was uh, literally sometimes um, yelled at or or sometimes hit, that there was something that happened, you know, that's silly, that's that's stupid or, or something. So how do people heal that? What would you recommend as steps if they notice that, uh, oh, that I, I can't do that, that's a stupid idea comes up or, uh, oh, that would never work comes up or they're working, 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 but if the intuition comes up, they don't even maybe listen to it, you know, they, they've shut it down. What would you recommend to awaken the intuition and what would you recommend to heal that? wound of putting it into action? Uh, You are going into, I would say, my favorite subject and the most taboo subject, I think, in the entire education system of Western America. Uh, I've met a lot of people that have been diagnosed with attention deficit disorder, a lot of children, a lot of adults, and they carry that around as a wound. Whenever we have been in the place of accessing um, this intuition. They, you know, I've I've known parents to say your head is up in the clouds. Or if a kid is talking to their teacher and their mind wonders, then they have attention deficit. So they cannot pay attention. And oftentimes, when you're in this alpha brainwave state, which is the state of kids, it's the state of healing and manifesting, um... When we're in the alpha brainwave state, there's other higher levels of communication that we're receiving. So the first thing that I would recommend is, one, acknowledging some of the negative programs that we've learned. Uh, There is nothing at all wrong with uh, having your head in the clouds. That's how genius mind works. If you have any questions about it, you can study Jose Silva's Silva Learning Method, and, you know, they talk about the genius mindset and, and how the genius mindset happens in this alpha and theta brainwave state, which is a part of the sleep state. So it's important to first identify that it was a limiting belief message that came up. Um, I know kids that have been spanked when they've been had their head in the clouds. It's something that I've had to overcome myself. The first, first step is recognition. Once you recognize it, then you can go into your own mind and say, I'm going to release this limiting belief paradigm. It's important that you talk to yourself. You know, so many times people think, you may see somebody walking on the street and see them talking to themselves and we think, oh, they're crazy. They're crazy. But we have so much stimulus in our society. We've got TV. We've got, you know, our parents talking to us, teachers talking to us. But how much time do you spend talking to yourself? And so one of the major tools that I use is when I get up in the morning and I'm, I wash my face and I'm, I'm brushing my teeth, I take the time to actually look at myself in the mirror and I say to myself, I believe in you. You're doing a fantastic job. And I tell myself that you can create anything that you want to create. And I'm here supporting you 100%. 
and you know you might call it saying the messages that you want people to say to you or saying the types of supportive comments that you always wanted your parents to say to you but now we're at the stage where now you know we relied on our parents to help us to create the programs that would help us survive in this world and now it's our turn to actually program our minds far beyond what what type of program we can receive from someone else's creativity through a movie or music you can tell yourself what you can do and what you can accomplish and you know what you just might believe yourself <laughs> you know i want to talk more about this i do and i want to i want to talk more about this really you know reprogramming our minds to to be that genius mind that and and what that gives to us in our relationship there's our relationship with ourselves and then our relationship with others and and any more of your amazing life story that that you would honor us with sharing after we come back with a break and a word from our fabulous sponsors we'll be right back the spark of desire the inner warmth of intimacy. This is Francesca. Do you long for an incandescent and eternally empowering relationship? My beloved and I have been training and teaching in the arts of love and intimacy for over 20 years. In our personalized coaching for individuals, groups, couples, in person or by phone, you will learn simple ways to ignite heart-opening passion, how to communicate effectively even under stress or trauma, key ways to breathe and increase stamina and pleasure, and how to heal past wounds and sexual dysfunctions. In our coaching, we compassionately and safely incorporate modern clinical sexology and ancient sacred sexuality teachings. To receive a free coaching consultation, call me at 510-759-3839 or email relationshipdiva at gmail.com. That's 510-759-3839 or relationshipdiva at gmail.com. Ignite a love life you love. Welcome back to Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra, bringing you the soul of sex, talking with the amazing master Rose Love about that inner harmonization of the masculine and feminine and the empowerment and and then how this brings support to our relationship. And what came to my mind during the break is that there's so much addiction and compulsion in the way that we relate to one another and to our sexuality in the world. I mean, I'm a recovering sex and love addict with, you know, heavy on the, the love and the compulsion to fall in love and, you know, do you love me and, and to get more, more sex or more attention in order to feel better. And it's, it feels to me like there's something in this journey of the inner masculine feminine that might bring some grace to that kind of compulsive and addictive way that, you know, many of us can deal with sex and or love. What do you think? I think, yes, I think, <laughs> I think my <laughs> own journey is, is, is evidence of that. I've had quite a, quite a journey through, um, through attaining a certain level of enlightenment when I was celibate and living as an ascetic in Asia and then bringing into my life uh, a love relationship after studying Tantra and practicing Tantra and reaching a very elevated state where my entire body resonated with this deep love for the divine within me. And um, I've had such a humbling experience and I'm going to bring up the word dark night of the soul we talked about it on the break and I tell you um, my journey through 
finding love and having a loving soulmate relationship has been like one perpetual dark night of the soul. And I keep reminding myself, you know, the dark night of the soul is supposed to be a good thing. My master teacher says that it's a good thing. And once you recognize that you are a creator, then the dark night of the soul simply becomes this transition that you're going through, creating changes in your own program to allow you to accept this new greater kingdom, this new greater life. So I entered into uh, a committed relationship, uh, and my partner has a daughter. And, um, well, so I had two growth periods, one of dealing with myself as a child through the eyes of a small child and then also um, dealing with what my program for love and relationships was. And I can be the first to admit that I found that I was absolutely addicted to the brain state of falling in love. The idea of falling in love is completely contrary to the concept, or in my mind, it's contrary to the concept that we, um, that we are whole, perfect, and complete, and that we are responsible for creating our love relationships. And if you fall into love, what is it that you're falling into? Well, there's a lot of research um, available on the Internet. I think you can look up um, what does your brain look like on love, and you can actually find um, the um, EEG and QEEG images of what the brain looks like when it's falling in love. <laughs> what does it look like? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's on fire, actually. <laughs> it looks like it's on fire. There's all of these different um, reasons that are firing, and it and it literally looks like your brain looks like it's blue, and then there looks like there are little sparks of fire. Uh, I think the the brainwave state is a combination of delta and an alpha brainwave state, and it creates a release of endorphins that just feed your neurology your your body biochemistry can become really addicted to the level of endorphins that are released when you're falling in love and it creates this kind of cycle because well you know what eventually you won't be in that brainwave state of i'm falling in love anymore and you're in the actual state of being in the relationship and then the endorphins are gone and you think well maybe the love is gone because uh i don't feel the same way i felt and that was that was very difficult for me, very humbling for me. Then I started, you know, I, I make this music that creates different brainwave states. So I started to kind of play around with creating different biochemical states by create how I felt when I was in love. How do I feel? And so I, you know, took myself in the alpha brainwave state, and um, I'm pretty sure 33 hertz is one of the frequencies, which happens to correlate with the age that Christ was when he, uh, when he died and or ascended, depending on your beliefs. Um, and so this 33 hertz creates this, the energy movement in the body that opens up your body to this being in love. You are love. I mean, your soul seed is the generator of love. We connect with each other from the center of our soul seeds, and we resonate with each other to varying degrees of however we're open with the next person to, on this frequency of love. So 
you kind of—it's like being being addicted to the to the state of falling in love is like being addicted to the state of discovering that you're a soul. You want to be a—you want to continue to seek and be a seeker, or do you want to recognize yourself as a master and then live from that place? And that was um, a big dark night of the soul for me because I had to—I had to admit to myself that I really enjoyed seeking. God. I really enjoyed seeking love and looking for love, and that really there was no emotional interest that I had in actually finding what it is that I was seeking. I just wanted to seek. I really enjoyed it. It made me feel alive. So I had to create some reprogramming for myself definitely around being what it is that I desire, which is the love, and actually having everything that I desire. Like, the have mindset rather than I want a great love relationship or I want to be in love with someone who's in love with me. Being that person that I wanted to be in love with me. Being the parent it, whose approval that I wanted. You're so revolutionary. I, that, it, I mean, it's so <laughs> radical. <laughs> it really is. To say, instead of how can I get someone to love me or to how can I get my partner to be a better lover for me or even how can I necessarily be a better for lo- lover for them so that they'll love me more uh, that how can I actually just be in that state how can I be that in the world how can I be that love how can I be that that life force that's in in ignition and you know walking through walking through the planet and and uh we're almost done with our time, but is there a practice that you would recommend or a kind of a pointer that you would give to people go in this direction who are wanting to feel like they're, 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 they are living as a blessing in the world to others and that they're full of that, you know, loving presence themselves. What, what final, final guidance or tip would you give us? Well, there's two important things that I think that people um, need to need as tools to assist them. Uh, the first thing uh, is acknowledging or even having the question of the, on your heart of how do I know myself as love? How do I know God as love? How do I know that within me? Just that question is like a doorway that takes you into a new state. I have been doing a practice that came from uh, Tom Kenyon's book. On uh, It's called the Magdalene Manuscript. So it's one of the teachings uh, by Mary Magdalene. And you start out by connecting in your meditation to your breath uh, with your eyes closed, with your spine erect, and you allow yourself to connect with your root and feeling your root. And then you take your attention and allow yourself to connect with your crown. And you just gently move your attention in between these two points of reference. And... You start out by being receptive, and every time I start this practice, there is something magical that happens out of it. I start out being receptive, and I, I'm actually observing what it is that I've been creating, like what's happening in my life, and I see it in my body, and then my spirit will just give me something new. 
I mean, it's an amazing mm. meditation practice, and it's really simple. It moves with the breath, just sitting with your eyes closed and breathing into the area where your genitalia is, just in between your uh, you know, elimination system and your sexual organs, just connecting with that area. When, it, when it's just you, there's no other partner that you need to go into that place and put your attention on that place. And then putting your attention on your higher mind, on your crown, on your connection with all of life. And just mm. moving your brain, moving your breath and your attention in between that mm. place. It's such a glorious practice, and it just has liberated me from so many different, I call them mind entrapments, or games I've been playing on myself. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us and for giving us your wisdom and your energy and your this, the teaching tales from your uh, amazing life that's open to each of us. And if people want to find out more about the... Uh, Beyond Medicine, the, the Human Pod, your teachings, connect with you. How would they do that? What uh, Your website, your phone, whatever you'd like to share. My company is called Beyond Medicine, and our website is www.lifebeyondmedicine.com. And the number is 510-610-1257. And feel free to email us at lifebeyondmedicine at gmail.com and if you want to see Rose's beautiful picture find out more about her get the transcripts from the show see my beautiful picture find out more about me and my services you can do that at www.personallifemedia.com that's www.personallifemedia.com Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra bringing you the soul of sex Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.